0: It's time for the Twin Sues' only local, regional, and national sports show. It's time for the game on ESPN 1400. For the next two hours, we'll get an in-depth look at local sports in the Eastern Upper Peninsula and Algoma region, and hear from the coaches and players involved in the game. We'll also analyze the college and pro sports scene across the region and dive into the biggest national stories. Now, let's get to the game and join your host, Scott Nason.
1: Seasons, greetings, and salutations, and welcome to the game on ESPN 1400. You can also hear our show online at thegamesportshow.com or thegamesportshow.podbean.com. Scott Nason with you on this Monday night, December 21st, 2020. This will be our last show here in 2020. We'll be back on January 4th, 2021, for our next edition of the game. We have a busy night tonight in store. Coming up at 6.15, we'll talk about the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference with their commissioner, Chris Dunbar. Joining us at 6.45, co-host Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. He'll be joining us to talk about the Metro Detroit sports scene. And we'll have the roundtable from 7 to 8 o'clock where we dive into more regional and national sports. And we have a special guest on the round table. You've heard him before interviewing for Sioux High Girls Basketball. Pat Bennon, going to be our guest co-host for the round table. He'll join us at 7.15. We have our first guest already. He is the head coach of the Sioux Eagles of the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League. Doug Laprade joining us on the game. Uh, Doug, thanks for joining us and uh, season's greetings, my friend.
2: Oh, to you also, Scott, and thanks for having me on.
1: Well, Doug, uh, again, I'm going to ask this question first. We've been asking this question first for all our guests during these trying times with pandemics and such. How are you and your family holding up?
2: Oh, we're all very good. Thank you for asking. Hope yours are well, too.
1: We are, Doug, and I appreciate that. And, and uh, Doug, many of our listeners have been asking about what is going on with the Sioux Eagles uh, not playing hockey for a while since the latest shutdown and border closure. So I wanted to get John just to kind of get an update as far as where the Sioux Eagles uh, are, uh, at this time. And so just kind of just walk us through what the Eagles have been doing or have been able to do here since, uh, you know, play stopped sometime in late October.
2: Yeah, well it is. It's been very challenging for us, uh, well, it, it's 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 and it's really too bad we i got a great group of kids this year and had we been able to play in our league um at, uh, thus far i think we've been we'd be doing really really well we're, we're really talented we've got a lot of speed and, and a lot of um i mean I, we only have three or four uh, uh returning guys so i mean a lot of a lot of michigan kids from triple a and high school hockey and and um yeah so it's 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 disappointing that we haven't been able to play league play uh at this point but uh thus far we've been playing uh ACHA co- uh club teams and uh we've been playing some some junior teams and obviously we started out the year playing the uh, USA under 17s uh which was 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 wonderful. I mean we we obviously didn't we we lost both games pretty substantially but uh you know it was a great experience. You know you got future NHL hockey players coming into the polar and you know, we had a practice before we were able to play them and they had been together for a couple of months. So, uh, their coach Adam Nightingale is, uh, is, you know, almost local. He played his hockey here at the Sioux Indians. And he played for, uh, Lake state for a little bit and from Sheboygan, but he and I have spoken a little bit and if they have some cancellations, we're going to play them again. And I promised them that uh, we'd be much better than, uh, <laughs> than, you know, the beginning of October, but you know, we, we're working on, uh, we're working on keeping going. We've been skating as much as we can. And, and, um, you know, the the kids, uh, the guys that have, they, they've had great attitude about it. We're, I'm trying to keep it fun. And, and, uh, and motivate them to just play and have fun. And that's, that's basically what we're doing so far.
1: And that was going to be my next question, Doug, as far as attitude, obviously this is very challenging for all of us, uh, trying to maintain a sports team where you can't play in your league due to border closures. I mean, that's got to be frustrating and the Eagles have been lucky to get on the ice as much as they have, but you know, has the team, has there been a lot of frustration or like you said, they've, they've been keeping it pretty positive
2: you know they've been great um you know we've had a couple kids here and there um have some issues once in a while and you know but that happens every year i don't think that that has you know the issues we've had with a couple kids have had anything to do with the the situation i just think they you know i don't think they handled it as Maybe they just didn't handle it as well as other kids, but you know we we started out the year and and we pick we and you know as junior hockey goes you replace kids here and there and we've got a couple new kids and we've we you know three of our kids have left um, and um, two of them went back to high school hockey in, in Port Huron and uh, one uh, I'm not sure where he is but um, you know it's we all the kids are great they get along great uh, and I'll tell you what like all the years I've played and coached. That those are the teams that you cherish because there's a lot of hockey teams or a lot of sports teams for that matter that the kids don't get along and they're competitive with each other in a bad way. You know, you want them to be competitive with each other in a really good way and cheer each other on. So that's what we have this year. And and um, so, so far, like I said earlier, we're, you know, we're trying to make it fun. And when all you're doing is practicing, you know, it, but they are getting better. And I'm really, really excited to the second half after the new year to, to get some more games in. And uh obviously, you know, we're really hoping and praying the border opens so we can play games and, you know, I guess we'll see how that goes.
1: Yeah. Let's talk about that. We're joined by Doug LaProd, head coach of the Sue Eagles and Doug, obviously at the Christmas break, I'm sure your uh, team is, is back home. And uh, w- what is the plan once the holidays are over in January? Uh When do they come back? Uh Do you have any sort of uh games or anything lined up at this point again waiting for the NOJHL and border closure to open up so you can hopefully rejoin league play but uh what what does the next uh month or so look like for the sioux eagles
2: well we're you know they are home and we're gonna you know we're gonna bring them back after the new year um you know i understand uh why the um the uh order was extended i 100 percent understand it but you know obviously disappointed in it a little bit that you know we can't get on the ice as a team and um but we're gonna you know we've been following the rules as much as we can and and as as well as we know to anyway and um we uh we're um you know they're going to come back and uh hopefully we can get on the ice before uh january 15th um but we you know we have games scheduled in the second half we play adrian's d1 club team we play uh, purdue's d2 club team we're supposed to play finlandia's d3 team uh we're supposed to play northwood d3 and uh trine's d3 team so you know at this point we have about 10 games we we've been trying to work out uh, a number of games with uh, lake state's d2 club team and um you know, those are those are games that we're just probably more than likely going to have to do this year, and, and in hopes that that border opens. And, and of course, if it doesn't, then we'll have to keep uh, keep going with how we're doing it. But we're going to play. Our plan is we're going to play till March, and um, and that's you know that's that's a regular season for us, regardless of whether it's normal or not.
1: Doug LaProdd joining us on the game, head coach of the Sioux Eagles of the Northern Ontario Junior Hockey League. And Doug, just kind of give us a snapshot on your team. Obviously, you've only had a few games to kind of evaluate their gameplay, but just, you know, looking at this year's team, uh, what are what are some of your strengths uh, moving forward? What, what are the, some of the things that you think your team is good at? And what are some of the things that they need to improve on?
2: Well, you know, like I said earlier, we're we're uh in the this is the third year I've coached this team and the, we're we're a lot more uh uh skilled this year than we have been uh in the past two years. Past two years we were really more about uh, defense and, and trying to play in our own zone and not give up a lot of goals and, and uh you know, you, you do what you have to do at that point when, you know, you, you have a hard time scoring. This year we we've got you know, we've got some really good players. There's some really good players from Bell, Bell Tire and um, Compuware and, um, Bell, um, excuse me, Victory Honda from downstate Oakland, the Oakland Grizzlies and Honeybaked Honey Bay uh, AAA teams. We've got some really good players, AAA players from the Chicago area, uh, Chicago Young Americans and Team, Team Illinois. Uh, we've got some veteran guys from other teams that that were playing in our league in Canada. The One player from... Uh, Kirkland Lake last year and uh, another player from Elliott Lake last year so um, and then we mix those guys in with some some local guys you know we have got you know some Sioux Indians Gabe Rosick and Kyle Portlock and and um, you know and and, you know obviously we've got Ryan Gilmore back and and uh, Bobby Price who's been fantastic as a captain and I'll I'll tell you I, I can't say enough about him he's when I coached Sue High, he was one of our best, you know, he was our best player and he was a leader. And, and I wasn't able to coach him for a few years after that. Um, but now he's been back here for a couple of years. And, you know, to be a captain and a leader in this type of situation, he's handled it so well. He he's he's been fantastic. So um it's been nice to have him back and Kyle, I think I said Kyle Portlock, all right. But Kyle's been here and um we have Caleb Horn locally. Um so we're you know, we're you know we're we're doing what we can, right? Like it's it is it is what it is as far as the situation goes, and and um, you know we're 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 keep like I said we're trying to keep it uh, keep them interested and keep it fun, and hopefully we can play those ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen games up to the end of March and. You know, I guess at the end of the day, if you play 24 games, then you play 24
1: games. Doug LaProd joining us, head coach of the Sioux Eagles. Doug, a couple more questions before we let you go. Uh, the You know, the NLGHL, the Canadian teams, for the most part, are playing. Obviously, it's a different style with no body contact. And we had uh, head coach Denny Lambert on a few weeks ago from the Sioux Thunderbirds talking about that. Uh, you know, looking as, as far as your coaching and practice, is that something you are looking at right now in practice? Coaching with your players, as far as okay, if you know if everything goes right, and and somehow the border is opened here over the next few months, and you're able to play that style, is that something that you're already looking at, talking about, and practicing?
2: Yeah, it actually is, and it's interesting the question because as I go through practice and we, we talk about it and when we play, you know, when we do our drills and, you know, we do some controlled scrimmaging and we do a lot of those kind of things, you know, we, we do kind of try to emphasize what the rules are going to be, but then you get into games with, you know, club teams and, uh, you know, they're men and it's, it's yeah. the, the rules here are not what the rules are in Northern Ontario. Right. So, you know, uh, the, our guys are, um, uh, you know we've been we've, you know like last year for example we had a, a fairly tough physical team uh, we, we really don't have that this year we, we've got some tough physical guys but we're more up speed up tempo uh get the d involved offense you know we're trying to to, to work that way and um you know you get into uh, adrian college and play their d1 club team well you know their d1 club team is from what their d3 coach told me would be a a better than average D3 team. Yeah. I mean they got a phenomenal program there. Obviously their D3 team played our Lakers hard and 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 competitively. So, you know, we went up to, we went down there and we lost uh, one game by 2 goals and one game by one goal and um you know, we went to Purdue and played their D2 club team and you know, we we handled them pretty good, but the physicality was there. There's absolutely no rules against that in in USA hockey or or at least in the US compared to Canada. So, You know, good question. We have been practicing it, but but basically, what we're playing, you know, it's not it's not anywhere near what uh, what what Hockey Canada is, is emphasizing.
1: Final question for you, Doug. Uh, l- let's uh, play hypotheticals here and, and say that the border is closed for a good portion of time. And, and this might be more of a question to direct to general manager Bruno Braganolo, but, you know, obviously you want to be in the NOJHL. You are part of the NOJHL. Say this thing goes on for quite some time. Are the Eagles looking at any other possibilities as far as maybe other leagues or joining with other teams if this is a long term thing where you're unable to play in Canada?
2: You know, it, you know it's been discussed. Um, it's It's been a, uh, you know, I've, I've got some very good friends and acquaintances and people I've met while I was, uh, you know, working at Lake State recruiting and recruiting and and gotten to know some people in the North American Hockey League really well. And, you know, based on our games against Janesville earlier this year, again, you know, they were, you know, we were both not, not real prepared for them. Um, you know, we lost Six to one, I think, both games or six to two both games. I can't remember. But, you know, that team is very good in that league. You know, they came out and played the Fairbanks Ice Dogs and beat them eight to three the next week. So, you know, that puts us kind of in the ballpark of that league to an extent. I certainly don't want to say that we could be a North American Hockey League team and and succeed. But I, I don't think we would be in last place. And that's based on what I'm hearing from those, you know, contacts of mine. The problem is the North American Hockey League. First of all, has their own teams and their own schedule. Right. You know, obviously this year that would never happen. To get into that league, you know, obviously Bruno has done it before, but it, it's a it's a heck of us. It's a heck of a travel schedule and a yeah. time commitment. And so I'm not sure what what the what the league would do or what the team, excuse me, would do. I'm not sure if the North American League would let us back in. I'm not sure about a lot of things. Other than that, really, there's U.S. PHL teams in Michigan that you know they're not sanctioned with USA Hockey, and, and quite frankly, they're 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 you know compared to tier two, they're, they're really tier three teams. So uh, tough, tough deal to for us to you know we're really not close to anyone. Um, you know, back in the in the old days, not that long ago, the North American Hockey League had you know I don't know five six Michigan teams. Right now, there's, now there's none. So. Um, I don't know, Scott. I, it's a it's a it's a great question. It's something we've talked about, but the commitment to that uh, would be pretty tough financially for Bruno and and our owner Ron Lavin, uh, to to do. And I think that would be and that's probably. I mean, I don't know for sure because I wasn't involved with the Sioux Eagles at the time they were in the North American League. I wasn't their coach, but i got to believe that had something to do with them getting out of the North American League and getting back into the Northern Ontario League. I I just think it was too expensive, obviously.
1: Doug LaProdd joining us on the game. The Sioux Eagles will resume activities in January. Uh, Doug, again, uh, happy holidays, Merry Christmas, and season's greetings to you and your family, and we'll get you on again here over the next couple months to talk more Sioux Eagles hockey. Thanks for joining us, and uh, we will talk to you in 2021.
2: All right, Scott. Thank you. My pleasure.
1: All right. We're going to take a break. When we come back. We'll talk GLIAC with their commissioner, Chris Dunbar, coming up next on the Twin Sues Only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400.
3: Looking for a good pre-owned car, SUV, or truck to get you through the coming winter? See the great selection of used vehicles on the lot now at Sioux Motors. More than 25 SUVs and 20 or more cars and trucks are available for the huge year-end savings program. Lots of escapes priced to sell, Explorers, Edges, F-150s, and there are nine sedans on the lot. If you want new wheels this winter, see the sales staff at Sioux Motors today. Sioux Motors on three-mile across from Walmart in the Michigan Sioux. Hi, this is Scott from Parker Ace Hardware. At Ace, we make painting a simple pleasure. Ask one of our friendly, knowledgeable Ace associates about our Ace Royal paint, a high quality paint at a price you'll love. You'll find Ace Royal paint starting at an everyday low price of just $19.99 a gallon. It's another reason why, from a simple start to a fabulous finish, Parker Ace can help make your next painting project perfect. Parker Ace, the helpful place. Stop by Parker
4: Ace Hardware. We're looking forward to seeing you real soon. Stop by Parker Ace Hardware at 819 Ashman, downtown Sioux, Michigan.
5: The holidays are the most joyous time of the year. They're also the most expensive. But with a little help from Sioux Co-op Credit Union, you can be prepared. Talk to us about a holiday loan. Borrow from $1,000 to $5,000 for up to 12 months for as low as 4.178% APR. Our holiday loan rates are more affordable than in-store credit cards as well as other credit cards. Apply online at SiouxCoop.com. Some restrictions do apply. Equal Opportunity Lender.
6: Since 1916, a lot of independent agents have recommended auto owner's insurance and a lot of parents have taken that recommendation to heart. So have a lot of their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. As we celebrate our first 100 years, auto owner's insurance thanks all those who have put their trust in us and all the generations who will.
7: Visit Madigan Pingator Insurance Services today on Water Street in Sioux, Michigan or at madiganpingator.com.
0: Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400.
1: Welcome back to the game on ESPN of fourteen hundred Scott Nason with you on this Monday night. I want to thank our last guest Doug laprod head coach of the Sioux Eagles. Coming up at six forty-five, we'll talk regional sports with Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. Butch will join us for the roundtable in the seven o'clock hour. We're going to split it up. We have a special guest co-host at seven o'clock, Pat Bennon, and then EJ Russell, host of the Hot Seat in Escanaba, Michigan. I, I we didn't think when we started that he'd be able to be on on the show but he uh, just texted me and he will be on the second half of the round table joining us right now commissioner of the great lakes intercollegiate conference chris dunbar joining us on the game Uh, chris how are you doing on this monday night i'm good scott thanks for having me on your show well chris we appreciate you coming back we had you on a couple months ago to give us a gliac update uh, but before we get to that we've been asking all our guests the same first question how are you and your family holding up during these uh, challenging times here in 2020
8: Oh well, thank you for asking. We're doing probably just like everybody else, and hoping that uh, you know there's some light at the end of the tunnel, and um, you know just uh, doing our day to day activities. So far, everyone's been. Uh, healthy, and I'm very
1: thankful for that. Yes, we're all thankful for that, and and certainly glad to hear it. We just had your brother-in-law on, Doug LaProd, he said (laughs) the same thing, and uh, certainly glad uh, to hear that our guests and and family members are doing well. Uh, Chris, let's get down to the business of the the GLIAC. Uh, Just last week, the League's Council of Presidents and Chancellors approved the Great Lakes Intercollegiate Athletic Conference's return-to-play protocols that were recommended by the GLIAC's COVID-19 Task Force. So give us an idea of what some of those protocols all are, I should say, because just in a matter of a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, we're going to have basketball and and winter sports uh, starting. And uh, soon after that, we'll have the fall sports starting in late February. So just give us an idea on what those protocols all are and how the league and, and the council came up with these.
8: Well, we've been following the Sports Science Institute with the NCAA, uh, you know, following their protocols very closely. Uh we've put on some extra um parameters. Uh we we've changed basketball, you'll see this year. Um the men and the women are going to play the same opponent um back to back. So they're not gonna play a Thursday and a Saturday. The home team can play Friday, Saturday, or Saturday, Sunday. They can choose um, which day they want to play, but the men will play at one site and the women will play at the other. So we won't have double headers this year. <clears throat> a lot of that, you know, is just to mitigate the risk of exposure, um, not have as many student athletes on a bus, do the whole social distancing. So um, that was a piece that the, the GUIAC put into. Uh, but the social, the, the Sports Science Institute recommends uh, different testing. Depending if you're going to do antigen or PCR test, I can't believe how much I've learned about yeah. tests. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah, I, it's uh, I have a whole new vocabulary now. But um, you know, we're we're going to look at testing on a regular basis and um, testing before you get to the site, so you know everyone that gets on your bus is negative. Um, and then we have uh, these apps now. They're um, you know you're going to uh, be able to do a daily check on your health for your you know yourself. Your, we call it the tier one uh, group, and that would be your coaches, your managers, your 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 team, anybody who would be traveling with the team. So, um, you know, we, we have those daily health checks through that app, and then we're doing a lot of education for our student athletes to make sure that they're informed of everything that's going on for, for their safety and the safety of their teammates.
1: Yes, and I have first-hand account that these are uh, very rigorous tests uh, as, you know, universities now are having to, you know, get room in their budget, you know, to to pay for many of these tests, and, you know, obviously it's something that, you know, these schools and the league has to do now, and, and the hope is, Chris, I would think, is that it's something that doesn't have to go on month to month to month where, you know, you're testing athletes six times a week, but w- where things sit right now, and like you said, you're following the recommendations of of the health experts. It, you know, it's something obviously that's a, that's a part of life. And if these sports are going to start, this is just something that everyone's basically going to have to do, at least for the time being.
8: Right. Well, I had my first welcome uh, email the other day. I had a, a an official say, "Well, what if I've had the vaccine?" Yeah. Oh, okay. This yeah. Is great. I like hearing these kinds of, <laughs> these kinds of gut discussions instead of just, you know, how many times, where am I going to get my test? How do I test? Who's going to pay for the test? And, um, yeah. So we are having different discussions now on once someone gets the vaccine, do they have to be tested? And so we're going to look at the Sports Science Institute. We've had a lot of guidance through the NCAA. Um, and we've also contracted, it's called uh, the U.S. Council of Athletes Health, a group of physicians. Um, and they've helped us develop these protocols as well. You know, we, we just want to make sure everybody's safe to go and, and play sport. Um, but you know, the, the testing is different from what the NCAA has to what the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services is recommending. So we actually have, you know, we have team, we have teams, uh, schools in four different states. So that's been a juggle as well to try to, deal with, you know, the the mandates in one state compared to the mandates in the other state. So we do have some teams that are playing and some teams that aren't. Hopefully by the time the the GLIAC season, the the conference schedule starts on um, January 8th, hope we're all on the same level playing field, but you know we may not be. We just don't know where all of the states are going to be with testing
1: requirements. Chris Dunbar joining us on the Game Commissioner of the GLIAC, and you mentioned it, Chris, as far as splitting up the, the basketball teams. Uh, for example, Lake State, they're going to start their season at home with the men uh, February 8th and 9th against Wayne State. The women will be on the road, and one of the other things that came out of this release last week was talking about fans and spectators. Uh, right 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 now in the state of Michigan, uh, I believe, again, it's changing uh, week to week, but uh, no fans are allowed. Uh, Where where does the GLIAC sit right now, Chris, with once play does resume in January, assuming nothing else changes as far as uh, executive orders or Department of Health and Human Services? What's the Act's stance towards having fans in the stands at this point?
8: Well, right now the athletic directors and the chancellors and presidents uh, preferred not to have fans. Uh, just to start, uh, we're gonna review that every two weeks, and you know if, if, if conditions arise that we could have spectators, we certainly will allow that. Uh, but right now, everybody, uh, all the all the teams wanted to be in the same space and and not have any kind of fans. We we did fans, mascots, cheerleaders. Um, You know, we're just going to try to just try to get basketball games in. I know we just really want to get some games in for those student athletes, and we don't want anything to deter that. So we're just going to keep it as is with no fans. Um, But hopefully uh, at some point we can have a a small number or, you know, uh, maybe a large number. Who knows by the time March comes around. But right now it's no fans, but it'll be evaluated on a, a every other week
1: basis. GLIAC fall sports, Chris, uh, up here with the volleyball team, for example, uh, they start their season February 19th at Michigan tech. So you're going to have a few weeks of, you know, the winter sports season ending with the postseason and the fall sports uh, season beginning. uh, That's certainly going to uh, have some challenges maybe for the smaller uh, universities, but uh, from the GLIAC's perspective, uh, what are you looking at for the fall sports season? And then, you know, looking even further ahead, uh, will that correspond with the spring season or have you gotten to that point yet?
8: Yeah, we have schedules made for all of the, uh, all the different sports. So yeah, you're right. Volleyball is going to start. Um, w- and what we've done is we've allowed the home team to decide the the days and the times that they're going to, just because you, like you said, they're juggling multiple events. And then we also, we're very cognizant of uh, our, our teams that or our school that have hockey as well. So um, to play on a Friday, Saturday just isn't possible. I know I was <laughs> in that situation. Right. You can't, you can't do a basketball game and a hockey game at the same time. So we, as a league, we're providing a lot of flexibility for the home team to decide what, when they want to play. But so there'll be a two week overlap between basketball and, and the startup of volleyball. Um, and of course, you know, some of the schools will have hockey at that time as well. So it will be it'll be chaotic. But, you know, I, I think everybody's so excited to have sports. We're willing to just uh, kind of go crazy for uh, a few months just to allow these athletes to to experience playing again. Um we'll we've moved the men's and women's soccer since it's an outdoor sport. Um, we're hoping that, you know, with, there's a, a lower risk to that and that will be able to be played. So we do want to see that. Um, but we will not be having a football season this year. doesn't crush anyone in St. Marie because right. Lake State doesn't have a football team. But, you know, that that was a big deal for a lot of our schools to to not have a, a conference football season. But we are allowing the teams, um, they, if they want to play non-conference games, they're more than welcome to do that. They're setting up those games right now on their campuses but the league won't have a
1: conference schedule. Gliot Commissioner Chris Dunbar joining us on the game. Chris, a couple more questions before we let you go. Obviously, this is a challenging uh, position you are in during a non-pandemic and even more so during a pandemic. Does it really make you wish, or I shouldn't say wish, that's the wrong word, but uh, do you miss coaching? Do you ever wake up and you know have all these protocols and think, you know what, I just want to coach again? Does that ever enter your mind? <laughs>
8: Um, I loved coaching. I, I really did, and yeah, sometimes I think it would be fun to coach again. But um, I really love what I do right now. I, it's great work. I get to work with the coaches. I get to work with the athletic directors, and now I get to work with the chancellors and presidents. So I see it from all different levels, and I really enjoy my job. And um, I I hope I work hard for all the schools. And um, I know what it's like to be a, a student athlete and a coach and an administrator. So I hope I can provide some insight for our our schools and. Um, But it's been great. You know, Everybody's great to work with. Uh, Even in this type of situation, everybody's really pulled together. Um, So I'm happy where I am. But yeah, there are days where I I think it would be fun to coach
1: again. Final question for you, Chris. Uh, When we had you on last time, I think it was just a few days later, it was announced that your son Tyler uh, committed to North Dakota to play college hockey, and he's able to play hockey right now in the USHL. Uh, Give us an update on him.
8: Well, he is very fortunate. There's a lot of uh, kids out there who wish they could be playing right now, and um, he's very blessed to be playing and, and in games. And they have a really good team this year, it's like the Super USHL this year. It's all he's, he plays with three NHL draft picks on his team, so it's a crazy experience for him at such a young age. He turned 17 just a couple of days ago. So um, we feel very fortunate where he is. It's a great organization. Uh, I never thought I'd be sending my son off to a billet (laughs) situation at such a young age, but it's his dream and uh, we're supporting him and he's doing great. So thanks.
1: I'm sure he will be one of those NHL draft picks here in the next couple of years and make no doubt about that. Chris Dunbar joining us on the game commissioner of the GLIAC. Chris Merry Christmas and happy holidays to you and all of your family. Appreciate you coming on our show again. And we'll we'll get you on in a couple months to uh, provide us another update on what's going on with the GLIAC. Thanks for joining us tonight.
8: You're welcome. Thanks,
1: Scott. All right. We're going to take a break. we come back, we have more local sports to cover. All coming up next on the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400.
0: Is your furnace old? You could be dealing with a low efficiency furnace costing you hundreds of dollars a year. The experts at Albert Heating and Cooling can help you with a new high efficiency Bryant furnace. On sale now till the end of February. With your new furnace, you can buy an extended 10 year labor warranty for only $99. Start saving today with a new furnace and sleep soundly knowing you have no worries. Go online at albertheating.com or stop in at 3147 South M129, just south of Three Mile Road today. Bryant whatever it
9: takes picture this it's monday afternoon and you're at domino's buying a large three topping pizza you give the domino's employee seven dollars and 99 cents plus tax of course now picture this it's friday and you're at domino's buying a large three topping pizza you give the domino's employee more than you paid monday you feel bamboozled but then you hear this domino's extended is 7.99 large three topping carryout deal to all day every day And so you danced and ate dominoes. Carry out only. You must ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, and charges may vary.
0: For the safety and health of the communities we serve and our employees, our Central Savings Bank lobbies are now open by appointment only. CSP's drive-ups are open to serve all of your banking needs. Remember, you can always use mobile banking, internet banking, our 24-7 access line, and ATMs. You can also give us a call at 906-635-6250 to transfer funds. Ask what the CSP family can do for you. Ask what we can do for you. For the safety and health of the communities we serve and our employees, our Central Savings Bank lobbies are now open by appointment only. CSP's drive-ups are open to serve all of your banking needs. Remember, you can always use mobile banking, internet banking, our 24-7 access line, and ATMs. You can also give us a call at 906-635-6250 to transfer funds. Ask what the CSP family can do for you. Ask what we can do for you. From the CSB family to yours, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400. Six thir-
1: 633 on the game, ESPN at 1400. Scott Nason with you. Want to thank GLIAC Commissioner Chris Dunbar for joining us. I also want to thank head coach Doug LaProdd of the Sioux Eagles for joining us already here on this Monday night. Coming up here at 645, we'll talk Detroit sports with Butch Davis from Butch on Sports. And then 7 o'clock, the roundtable will include myself, Butch, and special guest co-host Pat Bennon. Starting at 7 o'clock, Pat will join us until 7.30. And then EJ Russell, co-host of this show and host of The Hot Seat in Escanaba, Michigan, will join us for the remainder of... Of the show. We have uh, quite a bit of local sports to cover, and uh, big news last week as far as the MHSAA resuming fall sports. The three remaining fall tournaments, still to be completed this 2020 season by the Michigan High School Athletic Association, will resume as teams that are still involved in those tournaments were allowed to restart practice today. According to the announcement last week by the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services, and a plan approved by the MHSAA's representative council. The football, girls' bet volleyball, and girls' swimming and diving teams and individuals still participating in tournament play will be allowed to do so as part of an MHSHS, easy for me to say, pilot rapid testing program designed to gain insight and collect data on the spread of COVID-19 as the Department of Health and Human Services plans to provide expanded rapid testing availability to schools in January. So basically, this fall tournament is serving as a pilot testing program coming from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. So no EUP teams in the football playoffs but those playoffs will begin on Saturday, January 2nd with regional finals for 11-player teams and semi-finals for 8-player teams. The 8-player championship games in both divisions and an 11-player semi-final will be played the following Saturday, January 9th. And the football season will conclude with the 11-player finals in all divisions the weekend of January 15th and 16th. All semifinals in both 11- and 8-player football will be played at home sites, and those sites still have not been finalized. They're expecting to do that here over the next week or so. There is one team still going in girls' high school volleyball in the eastern upper peninsula, the Rudyard Bulldogs, and we're going to have their coach Amanda Reid on, hopefully on our next show on Monday, January 4th as the Bulldogs will take on Carney Nadu in a Division 4 quarterfinal in Manistique. That game will be played on Tuesday, January 5th, with the semifinals and finals being played January 7th through 9th at Kellogg Arena in Battle Creek. Now, all previous protocols will remain in place for the fall tournament events. And that means no spectators will be allowed. So what does that do for winter sports? Well, they're not going to start this week. They're not going to start until at the earliest, January 16th. The winter sports, which are not part of this pilot rapid testing program, remain on pause from the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services until January 16th, although they are allowing the girls and boys alpine skiing season, which doesn't have any teams in this area. Spring sports, they are expected to begin on time and play complete seasons, concluding with their traditional Tournament dates in May and June. So fall sports starting again next month. Practices started today. And you have winter sports not starting until at the earliest, January 16th. So I would assume that the winter sports season, if and hopefully when it does commence, will be shortened. But we're just going to have to wait and see, and we'll keep you up to date here on the game. There were plenty of uh, news news. From uh, UP UP High School football, Cedarville senior senior linebacker Grant Fountain he was named the Upper Peninsula Defensive Player of the Year in eight player football. This is from the UP Sports Writers and Sportscasters Association. As Fountain, a uh, very good season for the Trojans who finished seven and two. There were a total of eight players on the All UP Eight Player Football Dream Team, and they include Eric Hike. Micah Bailey and Dominic Bonney of Pickford, Grant Fountain, of course, making that team, along with Michael Fairchild of Cedarville Detour, Mason Harris of Brimley, and Ivan Oswald and Colton Labati of Newberry. Suhai also had some honors on the All-UP football team from the UP Sports Writers and Sportscasters Association. As senior linebacker, at Dalen Lujan, he was named to the All-UP Dream Team for the Blue Devils. They also had a few players named on the first team, including running back Chris Pierce, quarterback Jacob Davey, and defensive back John Robinson. Suhai's head coach, Scott Menard, for the Football Devils, he was named co-coach of the year in the large division as he joined Marquette's Eric Mason. Menard in his 15th season, wow, he's old, I had no idea, as head coach as at his alma mater, directed the Blue Devils to a 6-3 and three season making a district championship for the second straight year and winning a road playoff game for the first time ever. High school volleyball honors, some D4 All-State honors were announced. They include Lizzie Story of Pickford and Alicia Cosley of Cedarville as they were named to both those teams. Suhai also had some players named on the All-Region team in Division II Region II. Seniors Jordan Haller and Brooke Baker junior Hannah Byrd, and sophomore Claire Erickson. There were five EUP players in the Division Three Region II list. They include Brimley's Elena Vandermeer, Lindsay Hill of Pickford, along with Lizzie Story, and Anna Van Clairbarium, and senior Alicia Cosley of Cedarville. What strikes me on these volleyball is no Rudyard Bulldogs players were named Yet they're the only team playing. It shows they have a very deep team. Maybe not uh, one individual star earning honors, but a lot of stars and hopefully earning a state title here over the next couple of months. UP runner of the year in cross country went to Sioux High senior Jaron Wyma. So congratulations to him. He was the first UP runner of the year from Sioux High since Parker Scott won the award in 2012. Four girls were named to the All-UP All-State cross-country team. and They include senior Haley Knowles, junior Anna Hildenbrandt, along with freshman Haley O'Connor, as they were named to the All-UP All-State team. Sioux High's Laspa, she has signed an intent to play basketball at Concordia University. LASPA will be playing her senior year, hopefully very soon, here with the Suhai Blue Devils as soon as they are able to get going. And another Suhai senior, Connor Habusta, he is uh, swimming and diving. He has announced that he is signed with Gannon University's Swimming and Diving Program. So congratulations to those athletes as they are looking forward to their college careers. Well, there was plenty of action in the NOJHL this week. The Sioux Thunderbirds played three games against the Espanola Express starting on Thursday. The Thunderbirds knocked off the Express. Excuse me, that game was on Tuesday. The Thunderbirds knocked off the Express by the score of 8-1. to one. You also had other games involving those two squads, as it was Espanola knocking off the Thunderbirds' On Saturday by the score of four to three. Then the Thunderbirds would win yesterday afternoon over Espinola by the score of four to one. The NLJHL taking a pause for the next couple weeks at least. Although there was announced today that Ontario has more lockdown procedures as they are seeing cases rise once again in Ontario. So not quite sure how that affects the NOJHL. Maybe we'll reach out to their commissioner. Maybe not. Blind River, They re- they played Rayside Belfour in three games over this past week. On Thursday, it was Blind River knocking off Rayside Belfour by the score of seven to five. Then on Saturday, Rayside Belfour would defeat Blind River by the score of five to one. Sioux Greyhounds still on pause right now as the OHL is expected to begin in February. Don't know if that's going to happen. Uh, you know, the OHL has different uh, obstacles as far as their return to play. They don't just play in Northern Ontario; they play in the United States with three American teams. They also play in the Greater Toronto area, which is seeing a lot more cases of COVID nineteen. And so, the OHL expecting to start in February. I have my doubts if that's going to happen. We'll just have to wait and see. Lake State University men's and women's basketball teams will begin play here in a couple weeks. The men will be at home against Wayne State. Uh, Those games will be on January 8th and 9th, and they were picked third in the GLIAC's North Division men's basketball preseason coaches poll. They even got a first-place vote. Lakers are going to have a very good team, I think, for the men. Ferris State received the most votes in the North, and senior Malik Adams, he was named to the GLIAC preseason all-conference team for the North Division. And he was a first-team All-GLIAC honoree as a junior. Now, he had his junior season two years ago because he missed last season because of an injury. And I can assure you he is ready to get back on the court. He's already been back on the court practicing. But the Lakers will certainly be uh, in the mix as far as GLIAC men's North Division. The Laker women, they were picked sixth in the GLIAC North preseason poll. And the Laker women will start their season on the road against Wayne State January 8th. And, ninth. and the Laker hockey s- schedule has changed a bit due to Alaska and Alaska Anchorage opting out. The WCHA announced that the Lakers will now resume play at home on Saturday, January 2nd against Bemidji State. That'll be a 5 o'clock game. And Sunday, January 3rd at 3. You can hear both those games over on our sister station, YesFM, with Bill Crawford and Matt Pocket. And they had one other schedule change. They will be on the road January 8th and 9th at Northern Michigan University. We're going to take a break. we come back, we're going to talk Detroit sports with Butch Davis. He joins us next
10: on the game here on ESPN
1: 1400.
10: It's time for the holidays. Arvström Pharmacy is your locally owned HealthMart Pharmacy. Their friendly pharmacists and staff are there to help you with all your prescription and over-the-counter medications. After you drop off a prescription, you can look around the store at giftware for that special someone, clay in motion pottery, hand warmer mugs, and other cooking ware that is made in the USA, mailbox covers, floor mats, flags, ponchos, and much more. And by shopping locally, it helps support them and the downtown area. In Arv- Armstrong Medical Equipment and Supplies, you can surprise your loved ones with a lift chair, exercise peddlers, walkers, lift aids, fashion compression stockings, and more. Their knowledgeable and friendly staff are there to assist you with whatever you or your loved ones need. Stop into Armstrong Pharmacy and Armstrong Medical Equipment and Supplies located at the corner of Ashman and Spruce Streets in downtown Sioux, Michigan. Find them on Facebook and their webpage at arfstrompharmacy.com. Healthmark caring for you and about you.
7: Boss, as you're back when the weather turns white, in light of day and dark of night, when winter shuts down work and schools, come with resolve and powerful tools, endure through every push, salt, and stack, until your streets
0: are back to Black. Gaylor, Thompson Sales and Service, your boss dealer, just off exit 373 Rudyard, Michigan.
10: MNC Water Systems has a solution for all your water needs. Want clean, fresh drinking water? MNC Water Systems proudly distributes Norway Springs artesian water, bottled right here in the Upper Peninsula. Cooler rental and bottled water delivery for your home and office are available. MNC Water Systems is offering contactless delivery right to your door, as well as curbside pickup. Call Mo at MNC Water Systems today at 906 647 7307, serving the Eastern UP for over 25 years.
5: O'Connor's Chrysler Dodge, Dodge, Truck, and Jeep in Pickford is your full-service dealership. Servicing Pickford and the surrounding areas with pride for more than 50 years. O'Connor's top-notch body shop includes a state-of-the-art frame straightener. O'Connor's is also a proud supporter of community events. Its sales team has the experience to know which model is right for each customer. And with financing available to back your purchase, you can drive away today in your dream vehicle. Local people, local
0: pride. Stop in today on M129 at O'Connor's. Buffalo Wild Wings wants to help you get through the work week. And Tuesdays and Thursdays might just be the worst days. That's why they've created Wing Tuesdays and Boneless Thursdays with a buy one, get one free offer. Let's crush this week together with Wing Tuesdays and Boneless Thursdays at the Sault Ste. Marie Buffalo Wild Wings. Let's get back to the Twin Sues' only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400.
1: 6.47 on the game. ESPN at 1400. Scott Nason with you. Coming up at the top of the hour, we will start our roundtable. We have a special guest co-host tonight from 7 to 7.30, Pat Bennon, head coach of the Suhai Blue Devil girls basketball team. And then at 7.30, EJ Russell, co-host of this show and host of the hot seat in Escanaba, will be joining our round table. And also on that round table and joining us now, co host and host of his own show, Butch on Sports, a brand new edition dropped last night, which you can find on the website, simplybutch2. That's T O O dot potomatic dot com. You can also find Butch's shows on our website, thegamesportshow.com. Butch gave us joining us on this Monday night. Butch, how you doing, sir?
11: Oh, uh, you me? Oh, okay. That's you. That's you, <laughs>
1: Q Butch. <laughs>
11: I'm doing okay, Scott. How you sound?
1: I'm doing great, Butch. Uh, we got a lot of Detroit sports to cover, so let's get right to it. Starting with the Detroit Lions, uh, they were beat pretty bad yesterday at Tennessee, falling to the Tennessee Titans and officially eliminated out of the playoffs now with a five and nine record. Uh, Butch, what did you think of the game? And uh, really, it was no surprise to me. The Lions' defense is atrocious. <laughs>
11: That's an understatement. That's my analysis. Uh, Big time here. Uh, You know, myself personally here, they would have had a better, you know, why would you uh, play your franchise quarterback? I don't get it. You know, I don't get that either here. Uh, He says the team needed me, and by golly, I didn't practice all this week. And hee dee hee heidi heidee (laughs) ho You know, it it was just you know it was bad to watch okay and you know that tells me one thing and one thing only who runs the team the players or the coaching yep. staff here and right now we already know what's jumping off here you know there's no way a good coach is not playing Matthew Stafford against a Tennessee team right now fighting for a playoff one of the best of all of football And you put him out there to get his behind scout, which happened in the fourth quarter, by the way, where he's no good to nobody. And I'm quite sure he will not be playing no more football for the rest of the year unless there is an emergency. And when I say emergency, uh, Chase Daniels get his head knocked off or whatever (laughs) it may be. Or he he pretends to dress up here when he should have been in plain clothes or something there.
1: Butch, the Lions fired their special teams coordinator today, Braden Coombs. Uh, He had first year at the Lions after spending 10 years with the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, There's got to be more to this, in my opinion, than just maybe a uh, a risky uh, fourth and four uh, fake punt decision, which was one of the reasons listed. Uh, Anything you can tell us about this?
11: I have no ideals under than basically looking at the play itself, and I thought it was a pretty doggone good, you know, deal for where the Lions were sitting at the at that point in time. They'd already screwed up half the game here with turnovers <laughs> and interceptions, and uh, those well, well. We Let's give the the, the offensive lines and credit. The guy didn't get sacked. I'm talking about Matthew there until the last minute in that fourth quarter. Right. That's when they laid him on his rear end. But other than that, it, I don't know. It, again, the Lions is right now, there's a messed up type of situation. Um, it's not going to get figured out until the season ends. And then if the decision has to be made, how are you going to go about refixing and retooling this team where people, uh, or their players respected enough to go out there and put their all? Right now, we're seeing, uh, players are not putting out their best there. And that's the best, especially on defense. That's the best I can see right now. But Brandon Combs, I think he was just a marker that was going to be blamed on anyway. So. You know, shame on the Lions and you just threw the guy out in the street with only two games remaining uh, to, <laughs> yeah. to rectify why you thought you lost. That's just a joke, yeah.
1: bunch of the Detroit Pistons uh, have trimmed their roster to 15, as Dasan Musa was the latest player that was waived. The Pistons in action Wednesday night against Minnesota, and then they'll be home to Cleveland on Saturday. Four exhibition games lots of new faces lots of young faces uh what are what are you looking for as far as the pistons heading into this week
11: i'm looking for a, a coach who's going to take control of his team and stop laying on a bunch of dog on excuses said because we got 75% of the players new that you're we're not going to be the team uh, the, The goal is to go into playoffs, and we got that out the coach today. His goal is to go to the playoffs. How he's going to get there—that's another uh, reasoning there. But in my opinion, there, if the coach don't get it done this year, he'll be gone too. There, you know, it'll be another Detroit coach out in the street there. And if it looks pretty doggone bad before the the season ends, he'll be gone before then. There, but right now, Detroit pisses need to show some progressive improvement, and that includes the people that they go out there and get has to show some dividends on the court when they play.
1: Butch, we finally got a little bit of clarification from the National Hockey League. Yesterday, the Board of Governors approved the proposed agreement between the league and the NHL Players Association. Uh, The path is basically cleared for a 56-game regular schedule. Regular season schedule, I should say, which will begin on January 13th. Uh, There will be new divisions, uh, including an all-Canadian division. It looks like right now the Wings uh, could start training camp as early as December 31st. The Wings will be in the Central Division, along with Columbus, Carolina, Chicago, Nashville, Tampa, Florida, and Dallas. All games will be played within the division. Ah, uh, Butch, the Wings looks like they're uh, just a week or so away from uh, starting the season. What What are you hearing?
11: Nothing. No, absolutely quiet, nothing isn't right it? Now. The, the bottom line is this: here yeah. it's about the the local, but then uh, the uh, the local people and the health departments within those uh, various vicinities and cities that you name there. And as I was mentioning on my show, and um, in the Red Wings case, number one, they'll probably do their training camp in their basement uh, hockey rink in uh, uh, Little Caesars Arena. That's not a problem there. But, again, they're sharing that arena with the Detroit Pistons. And that's where basically everything has to be one-on-one. If I sterilize in the place, who's going to be in the building, where they're going to be in the building at. Uh, and this is going on throughout the league with other teams and teams, you know, who share the facilities with the hockey teams and also the basketball teams there. So that almost is fixed, okay? But, again, if something comes up after Christmas vacation is where maybe some of these cities may be extending, uh, some things there uh, the National Hockey League wants to be in tune with those municipalities there to make sure that the season doesn't have any interruptions other than they're obeying the rules and regulations that has to be dealt with.
1: Butch Detroit Tigers new manager A.J. Hinch thinks, Hinch rather, thinks that he can make the Tigers contenders in 2021. Uh, he spoke those words this past week uh, obviously very positive uh, from the manager which I, I I guess is good in its own right uh what are you hearing out of the tigers this past week obviously it's the off season not a lot of news are you hearing anything
11: you can take whatever you want to think <laughs> here it's <laughs> right now that's a bunch of bs here, here. <laughs> on main street here and i don't see one downtown Detroit. no no you, know, you gotta go to raw oak to find one <laughs> I think you, you know it's good to speak positivities there but I think A.J. Hens has the right ideal in mind. He has to be positive about the situation. His expectations have to be very, very high in getting this team to motivate itself and others to want to play some baseball. This better than what we've been seeing the last three to five years here in the city of Detroit when it comes down to your home court or your home stadium, which is Comerica Park. They've not been very good there when it comes down to wins and losses there. The best way for a team to get motivated is always to protect your home. And it's all about that if Detroit has any chance whatsoever in making the playoffs. They're going to have to deal with that first and foremost. And I don't mean putting the cameras on our damn trash can either. (laughs) To be done in a way that it is going to motivate the players and others to, to get the job done. Everybody needs to have a job. When they get their opportunity to play, they got to show forth.
1: Butch, uh, I did not know this until listening to your sh- one of your shows last week. Uh, Major League Baseball on Wednesday announced that records of Negro League players are now included in the game's official statistics. I had no idea that they weren't. And uh, you know, you look at some of the players that played in this league, you know, Josh Gibson, Satchel Paige, so many others, I- including the Major League Baseball's second black player, Larry Doby. Uh, obviously, this was something that was long overdue, but uh at least Major Major League Baseball recognized that this is something that needed to be done, and this is a no brainer to me. I just am shocked that it took this long.
11: Long, long time ago. But again, the brass of Major League Baseball, which is brass of other particular leagues, have not been user friendly when it comes down to minorities there, you know. And that's a sad shame. It's good that Major League Baseball come to terms with that there. Is all those records from the uh, Negro League going to be always acceptable? I'm quite sure no, it's not gonna be. You know, it's that's from some of the people out there who're gonna have their their rights of span to saying who's better and who's worse or this is the league they played in. It's like the Big Ten versus the Swack league. Okay? Right. And we know there's some doggone good players in the SWAC league, but they'll never get their say because they'll never, ever, uh you know, for at least right now, get that opportunity to go cross those lines and whatnot there. It would be good and in a perfect world. It- it does that, but we're not having it. We're having the same thing going on in college football. Oh. But again, we're not going to always uh, agree to some uh, some equality there when it comes down to that. But it's a good thing to me. History needs to be merged in that in that regards to know that you know at that particular time versus the time now, is changing and, and, and it should be included in some of the records and a lot of the records that Major League Baseball have put up there. We will
1: certainly get to college football's problems here in our next segment. But we have got about a minute left in this one. Uh, so this is an event that you have entered, uh, have uh, attended many times, the Michigan Sports Hall of Fame. They're not having a ceremony this year, but they've announced uh, nine of their new members uh, highlighted by Chauncey Billups of the Detroit Pistons, Calvin Johnson of the Detroit Lions and Shane Battier, of course, of Duke and NBA fame, who played at De- uh, Birmingham Detroit Country Day. I know it's an event that you always look forward to going to and uh, mm-hmm. certainly uh, miss, but hopefully you can get there when they have the event.
11: Well, one day when they decide to do it, they'll, you know, they'll put it on. I think some of those collections of, of people they're putting in there was pretty neat indeed there. Chauncey Billup, um, look at him. Shane Battier, uh, a peerless at uh, Detroit Country Day there. Uh, uh For many years, and I watched him play there, you know, in this youth day, and very disappointed that he didn't pick a Michigan school to go. But, again, it was to his advantage that he went where he went because it, he went further in the NBA. And, uh, and, a, and a very good player indeed, very good ambassador too. And, you know, those are the people I'm talking about. That has ties in Michigan and whatnot. That could be close to your your coach' staff. This is a very intelligent human being, and I'm talking about Shane Ballier Day. But the picks they made were pretty doggone good, pretty swell. I'm hopefully they don't do a virtual thing. Hopefully they wait around, if it's a year, year and a half, you know, just get things. Hopefully, normalcy would come into play where those uh, particular players would be. uh uh, we'll be exonerated in front of a crowd here.
1: Butch, we're going to take our top of the hour break. we come back, we're going to start our roundtable. Coming up next on the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN 1400.
0: Now's the time to get a great deal on select Kubota subcompact and compact tractors at Skinners of Pickford. Take on everything around the house, farm, and hunting camp with our reliable number one selling tractors that are designed for easy operation and feature all the performance matched attachments needed to tackle any job. Right now, get zero down and 0% APR for 84 months, plus no payments for 90 days. Skinners of Pickford, your tractor source in the north. Now through October 31st, see us or go to KubotaUSA.com. Com for full details. When you're looking to
4: score a great pizza, make your play with your favorite hometown team at Guido's. Well known for their pizza. Someone once said, you can't live on just pizza. Something they may not agree with at Guido's. You'll also love their pasta, salads, breads, and of course, their Guido-tizers. Make a power play and order online at Guido'sPizzaSue.com and while you're there, look for their college student special coupon and save 15% on one regularly priced menu item. Guido's Pizza 2673 Ashman. Call 906 635 0
7: when you shop locally, you're helping the local economy. It's the same when you're a member of the credit union. We reinvest your money right here in town so your investment becomes your neighbor's loan. You could say that around here, we know the neighborhood. Sue Co-op Credit Union, your credit union, federally insured by NCUA. Visit us online at SueCoop.com.
0: Let's get to the second half of the game. Here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's Sports Leader. It's the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Now, here's Scott Nason.
1: And welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. We'll be up to 8 o'clock for our roundtable. we are continued to be joined by co-host of this show, Butch Davis, from Butch on Sports. And we have a special guest co-host on the roundtable. Uh, you know him very well on these airwaves. Head coach of the Sioux High Blue Devil girls basketball team, Pat Bennon, joining us on the game. Pat, appreciate you coming on, and uh, welcome to the roundtable.
12: Oh, it's going to be fun. I can hardly wait. Well,
1: we appreciate it. You mentioned to me a few weeks ago, I'd love to be part of that roundtable. And uh, when a a spot opened up and I texted you, you were true to your words. So I'm going to give you the first topic, Pat, and then we'll go to Butch for his thoughts. We alluded to this in the uh, last segment, talking about college football, the playoff Uh, matchups were announced. Uh, Really no surprise, at least to me, although I'm sure uh, we'll talk about that. Alabama gets number one seed, Roll Tide. They'll take on Ohio State, and um, excuse me, they'll take on Notre Dame, who received the four seed after getting spanked by Clemson. Sorry, Dave Watson. And the other matchup is number two, Clemson will be taking on number three, Ohio State. So uh, the topic, Pat, is college football playoff. It's kind of a two-pronged topic. One, what do you think about how the committee selected the teams are there the right teams in and two which i think will get a lot more uh discussion is it time to do something else
12: uh i think they got the right four teams absolutely i mean when you look at everything notre dame would be my one question mark obviously the way they ended in losing the clemson poorly but when you look at everything else all the other team's work. I, I think Notre Dame deserves to be in there. My big thing is I think that if, if there was ever a year to expand it with all the bowls being kind of canceled and things like that, this was the year to do it. Uh, my biggest gripe is teams like Cincinnati, Coastal Carolina, they never get a chance in this and they're never going to. I mean, you, they could go 15-0 and 0, and they're never going to get a chance the way this thing's set up right now.
1: Butch, uh, your thoughts? I agree with a lot of uh, what Pat said so far.
11: Crazy. Okay. He's singing my doggone language here, buddy. I tell you what. <laughs> you know. Uh I've not been a uh fan of this particular uh bozo doggone club that the DNCAA is putting together in Division One football. Division two, II, Division Three has a reputable uh playoff system there that is insulated every year for since the Henbroke win here. And it's it is time that the NCAA Division One unit there uh, fall in the turn for teams like Cincinnati and uh, Texas A and M and other teams to be ignored all because of they're going for the money it's just it's totally preposterous. There, uh, you know, I'm not going to argue about Ohio State and what they what happened this year here. You know, that's on the Big Ten. But, again, you know, there's too many other teams that are eligible for this. It does not truly pull the best football team champion out there. And that includes all the other smaller leagues as well. There, the Big West, the SWAC, you got some doggone good teams out there, and they'll never have an opportunity there to face that because of this boo-ha-ha bl- bl- kind of uh, religion that the NCAA uh, Division One. Football committee is doing there. If you know, if they want to take over by letting television take over, it that's fine. But you know what? Uh, something has to be done, and some the crap is going to hit the fan when these other football teams are tired of things and, and how things are done there. And when they speak up, uh, the NCAA is going to have to listen to that.
1: Well, we're in pretty much total agreement, gentlemen, on this. And, and Pat, I think you said it best when you know if there was any year that they're possibly could maybe look at adding some teams. It's this year with everything that's going on, you know, as far as the four teams they picked, I don't have a problem with it. Like, like you said, you know, maybe Notre Dame, maybe Texas A&M. My biggest problem is, and you both said it, the Cincinnati's, the coastal Carolinas, the central Florida's in past years, uh, you know, they have no chance. They could go 30 and 0 and they have no chance. I mean, you look at what happened with the rankings yesterday. I mean, granted you know these didn't involve the top four teams that were picked, but all Cincinnati does is go undefeated. They play every team on their schedule. They win their conference championship, and they fall. You know they fall when they don't play. They fall when they win. Oklahoma, who has two losses, yes, they played better during the regular season. They moved ahead of Cincinnati in that sixth spot. I don't understand why that happens, and I just don't get how a simple expansion of two. I would like to see four teams could be possible because, you know, for example, say you expanded it to eight teams this year, you would have Cincinnati in, you would have Texas A&M in, you would have Oklahoma in, you'd probably have Florida in. And yes, we've had others on the show. uh, And I'm sure EJ Russell in the second half of the hour will probably argue the counter to this, but then, you know, his argument will be, well, then you have eight versus nine. Well, you know what? This still gives the non power five conferences, which have never received a bid to the playoff a chance. Uh, Eight-game playoff format, uh, Pat, is, is that something that, I mean, it just seems to make sense to me.
12: I think so, and, I, and and the argument always is about eight versus nine. But you look at how they run a basketball. They go to 68 or whatever, but all every team, every conference gets them. And I, I obviously, in football, you probably can't pull that off because it's just the logistics of it. But if you went to eight, a team like Cincinnati gets in, and how many people – because, honestly, the way I look at it, over the years of this thing, how many different teams have been in this thing? Not right. Very many. It's been the same teams over and over again. How many wouldn't get – and I think you're going to lose fans. I really do. I think you're going to see people kind of turn this stuff off because how many times can you watch Notre Dame play Clemson or Ohio State play Alabama or however it may work out? Wouldn't it be kind of fun to see what Ohio State and Cincinnati would do to one another right Absolutely. now? Same state, be a great matchup. It would be fun to watch. Uh, you know, I think, and I, I, I'm a, I like a Cinderella guy and I like, a, like a coastal Carolina. I mean, give them a chance. What, I mean, what if they do knock somebody off? When, I mean, think of how exciting people get. And at the end of the day, the best team's still going to end up winning this thing. Unfortunately, it's probably going to be your Alabama. <laughs> but. I just think it'd be way more exciting for them. I get it. You're always gonna you're always gonna have one team left out, no matter how many teams you put in. Somebody's gonna get left out. That's just the way the nature of the beast. But right now, the way they're doing it, I think I saw a stat where of the since this has gone, eleven teams have actually made this thing. Eleven yeah. different teams. That's and I'm, crazy. I mean, that's just not.
11: <clears throat> and and no that's two left dangerous. of a, of a, a volume there. You can actually put 12 teams in this bad boy here. Put the first four teams on a buy yeah. system there. Let them bowl, bowl each other out, and you can still expand there. It's, it's it's sad. It's a sad. It's a sad scenario. But again, NCAA football, uh, other teams need. They're gonna have to band up and say, hey enough is enough of this here. If, if you're going to do this, give them that top tier, what they call the top tier, which is not to me. Uh, the the league supremacists, like the Premier League or something like that there, and, and do something else with that. Let the other teams battle up there like they do, like I said, in NCAA Division Two, II, Division Three. so some type of ramifications can come with that there. It, it's this is just stupid, okay? And and I'm quite sure a lot of fans, I will not be watching it, okay? I will find the Wizard of Oz or something to look at rather <laughs> than <laughs> flip there and watch this garbage.
1: And one other question, guys, before we close out this topic. This uh, is a 12-year deal with the college football playoff, assuming that it doesn't get canceled, which will run through the 2025 season. And, and Pat, I'll go to you first. If I'm a, a member of these non-Power 5 conferences, and this is something that happens happens year after year after year. Do you think there's ever a point where these other conferences get together and say, you know what, let's have our own national championship. Let's do things. I mean, is that something that's even possible or, or in your opinion, do you think that would even work?
12: I don't know if that'll work. I, you know, it, it's got to run through their mind eventually because this is, let, let's be honest. It's about money. It's about TV revenue. Yep. I mean, it is at the end of the day, they can, they can sugarcoat it all they want with, they have the selection committee. If you didn't think those four teams were getting in, you had to be, I mean, yeah, there could be a debate between Notre Dame and Texas A&M. In my opinion, who cares? I mean, even if you do Texas A&M in, I could care less. I mean, it's the same thing. Just re- I want to see something different. And I, I liked what, what you said. Let's let's expand it to 12. I, that's a great idea. Think of think of it and give the first four teams. There's your selection.
11: Yeah. Give Alabama, give Clemson, give Notre you Dame. take away Alabama those State games. You're right. Yeah. Take away those them twelve games and thirteen games. Some of these colleges are playing. Nail them down to ten, okay, or maybe yeah. less, maybe nine. You can get that in there with no problem at all. Pat, and, and, you go know, ahead, Pat. You don't,
12: the, the, everybody's being you know, while You have these bowls. Use those sites. Then go to the mega all neutral sites. Go to the Sun Bowl and play a game. I don't care. I mean, it, it, it's got to be feasible. It's got to be changed because. I just I I think it's going to I think it'll stagnate. I I really do. I don't I I don't know what their ratings are like. I haven't paid attention. I honestly I haven't paid attention the last couple of years cuz it's just the same thing over and over again. Pat Bennon,
1: a uh, guest co-host of the Round Table, uh, it is your turn for a topic. So uh, what is on your mind in the world of sports and we'll go to Butch for the first answer.
12: Oh, I got to pick a topic.
1: Ah, that's right. See, we're just putting you on the spot. <laughs> you it's like a press, so you just got to figure it out on the fly.
12: Apparently, I do. Um, <laughs> I guess the big one for me, right? I, I like the NFL. I don't know if you guys are. Oh, we about do, about the we NFL. do. But you know, I, the NFL is kind of intriguing to me right now. I, I, I'm curious who you guys think are probably the prohibitive favorites heading into the playoffs to make the Super Bowl.
1: Butch, we already talked about the prohibitive not favorites, the Detroit Lions. <laughs> uh, your thoughts on Pat's topic?
11: It's kind of hard. It's kind of hard indeed, right? <clears throat> the rate of uh, these particular teams that are performing right now. There, it's kind of hard to, to to pick a good and a bad and the ugly there. But um, I'm looking at Buffalo right now, and also Pittsburgh. I'm looking at that in the East. I'm looking at on the West of the, the particular situation there, and and and. We talking about the NFL East as well, which there's no definitive winner there. We know either Washington or Philadelphia or who shot John, who kissed Mary. Well, get in there with an under five hundred record, maybe there. We don't know, but again, you got good teams like Arizona and them still fighting it out. But I'm, you know, Kansas City. You can't deny them because their their offense is so doggone good. I did look at their defense yesterday, and they almost got caught with uh, New Orleans kind of trailing them behind. So it's very interesting to see how they do when this stuff gets to the point of playoff time, how they will react and how their defense will react there. But right now, Kansas City would be one of the teams that I would pick there. Um, can't leave out. Uh, a team like uh, Tampa Bay, which, again, the experience do reign there. But, again, uh, sometimes I feel like a nut, and sometimes I don't, kind of an attitude that that team takes in there just just doesn't hit it there. Exactly. Like
1: we lost our guest there. Boy, I think these sensors maybe came in and knocked them off the air. We're going to take a break. We're going to reestablish contact with Butch Davis and Pat Bennett, and we will continue our roundtable coming up next on the Twin Sues only local, regional, and national sports show, The Game, ESPN
0: 1400. Everybody knows that H&R Block is the premier tax preparation group in the nation. But did you know that H&R Block offers year-round bookkeeping and business services that will help your small business cut costs, make profits, and streamline the business end of operations? From payroll and bookkeeping to expert tax prep and advice, see the friendly folks at H&R Block on I-75 Business Spur in the Michigan Sioux. Call 635-5970. Put H&R Block to work on your small business. You'll be glad you did. H&R Block, which is the Hockey Lakers success.
7: Is it time to install new windows, doors, or paneling? Perhaps you're finally going to build that new deck or addition you've been talking about or repair the roof. Stop at Sioux Builder Supply. You'll find helpful advice and quality materials that will make every job easier. Whether you're ready to paint, insulate, install new windows, or kitchen cabinets, the team at Sioux Builder Supply will make the task less daunting by coaching you with great how-to tips. When there's a building or remodeling project in store, make your first stop, Sioux Builder Supply. You'll receive the best building materials and hardware and great project advice every time. Sioux Builder Supply, helping you make your building and remodeling projects a reality. On Johnston-by-the-Bridge in Sioux, Michigan.
0: You can catch podcasts of the game at thegamesportshow.com. Now let's get back to it with Scott Nason here on ESPN 1400.
1: Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you. We have reestablished contact with Butch Davis and Pat Bennett. And uh, while we were reestablishing that contact, Pat asked if the question was the reason that uh, everything went kaplunk. No, it was the phone lines, Pat and Butch. So Butch, we, we were right in the middle of your answer when uh, when we lost uh, you there for a moment. So just uh, overall, just kind of recap uh, quickly as far as uh, NFL favorites. What are you looking at? I don't know. <laughs> The trade uh, has officially gone the train, off the rails.
11: You know, it doesn't take much either. No, it uh, let me tell you, right now, just to make it short and sweet there right now, you don't know who's going to be in it, and I I kind of want to kind of lean here and lean there, but I'm not going to lean anywhere to to get the actual pick and who's going to be in this doggone thing uh, when the end of the season arrives. We know the Lions won't be there. But, you know, that's another show and another time. But, again, I'm just going to wait till the end of the season to arrive, and then I can pick and choose who I think I can ride with.
1: Uh, Pat and Butch, I'm fascinated right now with the AFC. I mean, you look at how things are stacking up, and, you know, this year the playoffs actually expanded a team. You very well could have a 10-win team not get in the playoffs, and that doesn't happen that often. I mean, right now the Baltimore Ravens, who have been playing very well over the last two weeks, uh, they wouldn't be in the playoffs. If they started today, you have Miami ahead of them and, and you just look at who is the favorite. I, I think you got to go with Kansas city. I mean, they're defending champs. They're 13 and one, but Butch pointed out, you know, they, they do have, uh, you know, some weaknesses, but you know, there's just this whole conference. It's just, you know, Pittsburgh's still there. They're 11 and two. Yes. They've lost two straight. They'll bounce back tonight. They're in the mix. Buffalo. I really like what I'm seeing out of Buffalo. The addition of Stefan Diggs to that team and what Josh Allen is doing is amazing. He certainly killed me in a couple of my fantasy football games, I might add. But then you got Tennessee there sitting at number 4, 10-4. I mean, you look at Derrick Henry and, and the Lions had no chance to stop him. They can't stop anybody, let alone Derrick Henry. I mean, that offense is good. Defense scares me with that team, but it's not just the rushing attack. Tannehill's playing well. They have some big weapons with Brown and and Corey Davis, how he's uh, turned out over the last few weeks. And then you still have another couple 10-win teams, Cleveland, which I'm sure EJ will talk about more, and Indianapolis. My Super Bowl pick, Pat, at the beginning of the year was Kansas City and Tampa. And like Butch said, it's kind of Jekyll and Hyde with Tampa, but I still think Tampa, you know, you look at that team, they don't have a lot of weaknesses, and I think Brady just needs a little more time. didn't have training camp. It's a new team, totally different. I think they're getting their act in order, and I still like them to get out of the NFC. But I'm just fascinated right now with the AFC because I can literally see four or five teams that have legitimate shots to get to the Super Bowl. Great question, Pat. Your thoughts on your own topic?
12: Well, I, 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 like everybody else, love the AFC the way it is right now. Um, I think until you beat Kansas City, they're still my favorite. I like the way Buffalo plays. My biggest concern with Buffalo is their lack of running game. I'm not sold on their running game. I know Josh Allen can run the football from the quarterback position, but I think when it comes down the stretch, you've got to be able to run the football playoff time, and I question their running back ability um so kansas city's my choice there and i think a team everybody's sleeping on in the nfc right now and i think they have the mvp of the league right now is green bay and i know it pains me to say (laughs) yes it does i I, I think green bay is i i think they're by far the best team in the nfc right now i you know tampa bay's up and down and all over the place i don't i'm not a huge fan of uh, the rams or seattle right now i just or new orleans i don't think the quarterback plays there uh I just think Green Bay with Aaron Rodgers, you got Jones running the football. They've got Adams at the wide receiver. They've got a ton of weapons and their defense is better than what people think. So my pick right now, I had to go with it. I'm saying Green Bay versus Kansas City and unfortunately I'm going to say the Cheeseheads in Green Bay are going to win the ball. Oh boy, that
1: Alabama, Ohio State, Green Bay. Uh, this is a painful episode for you, Pat.
12: No, it's awful it's hard to swallow
1: you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, let's go to butch davis next for uh one more topic before we let pat go we'll get to pat's thumbs up and thumbs down for the week pat be thinking about that uh butch davis what's on your mind tonight in the world of sports oh no we didn't lose him again did we i don't know well let's uh let, let's keep the conversation going here while we <laughs> wait for butch a lot. Sure.
11: okay oh there
1: he is there he is.
11: What a, what a deal here. What a show here. Live radio.
1: This is not pre-taped. I feel like I'm screwing everything
11: up. <laughs> oh no, not you. This,
1: this is <laughs> business you. as usual, Pat. Let's <laughs>
11: talk about the MHSAA I was, I was and the playoff system that uh, uh, that's going to get ready to continue there. Uh, all the teams are reporting back. Uh, no uh, no, no nonsense uh, particulars there. Uh, why uh, say that there? Uh, which. um. Uh, Brother Johnson, the best, he's retired, uh, and they named a new guy there for the MHSAA who's going to lead that communication section there. But uh, what do you think of, of, of the playoff system upcoming in the basketball season, which you'll be involved in, and all the other good stuff there?
1: Pat, I'll go to you oh. first. I know you got a lot to say about this.
12: I was hoping I could avoid this conversation today. Oh, yes. So the MHSAA, all right. Um, you know, I'm, I'm after going through what I went through last year and not – to finish a season when you're in the middle of a tournament run. Um, I'm glad they're going to finish the fall sports. I think it's the right thing to do. I like what they're doing with uh, how they're going to handle it. I mean, it's going to be difficult with football, I think, for weather-wise, and if you're up in the Upper Peninsula, it's really going to be tricky. But I'm glad they're getting to finish. I think it's the right thing to do. Uh, uh, To be brutally honest about the winter, my biggest concern is that they're going to try to squeeze it all in in the middle. You know, if, if, If truly we start after January 15th, You start practice on january 18th give us two days or whatever five days and then they say you got to play and you can try to get as many games in from a girls basketball perspective you're looking at five weeks um with kids that haven't been really doing anything real active i think and then you say go ahead and play three four games a week i think you're asking for injuries yeah i think you should extend this thing into april i know everybody's carpet about the spring or whatever else but here's the deal uh it's a one-year deal it's not like it's going to be for the next 40 years we're going to do this it's one time and one time only um let spring sports start right after spring break which would be the first part of april um and, le- and let's be honest it's not like michigan's a mecca for great spring weather so and let them get going the first part of April. Let basketball go a couple weeks in there. Otherwise, I think what you're looking at here is if you're trying to play, they're talking doubleheaders on Saturday and you're going to be able to play on Sunday and you're going to be able to play whatever, whatever you want, man. Play six games a week if you want. It just reminds me of AAU on steroids at some point. And I just don't think that's the right thing to do right now. Yeah, Pat. I Go ahead. I'm sorry. I think extend this thing through. I mean, do the right thing. Uh, You know, let us get going January 15th. I wish we could start practice January 4th. I mean, we are going to open up the schools and things. I'm hoping they're going to make that concession. That may ease some things, but if they truly don't think we can start practice till January 18th and they think we can feasibly get this done on time before spring break, which is March 23rd or 24th or 25th, man, you're going to, I think you're just asking for problems, and I think trying to play that many games, you're not going to have enough referees either. That's, yeah. that's just my, my initial thoughts on that. Yeah, Pat,
1: you mentioned a couple of things that I was thinking as well, uh, You know, and I'm glad to see the fall sports back in action. Uh, we had Mark Yule on last week, and I know that the MHSA has wanted to finish the season for fall sports, and they want to finish and complete seasons for all the sports, but, but you hit the nail on the head, and that's something I was thinking about when I heard this as far as if you try to rush a season, you try to compact it, too much and, you know, you only have a, a few days of practice when a lot of these athletes, you know, yeah, you you know you hope that they're doing things and keeping busy. Uh, more than likely, they're not. And, you know, you get you, know, you go from zero to ten in the span of five to six days uh, and you have to play three, four games a week. Uh, you are looking at, at, at injuries. And, and the other thing you, you're almost reading my mind, which is a scary thought in its own, but you know, referees, we have enough trouble up here getting referees In non-pandemic situations, and now you're expecting you know a very limited group of people, and some of those referees may even not want to do it this year. So there's there's a lot of things I think that are unclear. And I certainly hope that you know the MHSAA does think about, you know, if the seasons have to go into June and July, and that's something we actually asked Mark Ewell last week, as far as okay, you know, is the MHSA willing to extend the spring season if the winter season maybe doesn't get going in, in the right amount? of time it, and he did say they would, and I hope they do because you know we don't the last thing anybody wants is any of these you know serious injuries, and I think this is something that potentially could lead into that. Butch we'll go to your thoughts on your own topic and then we'll get to Pat's thumbs up and thumbs down.
11: Well, I kind of joined both of your uh, comments in the um, <clears throat> the dealing with the uh, fall sports season there. I think it's got room to continue there, but you're looking at uh, the Christmas holiday season. And I'm quite sure that not everyone's going to follow the rules and regulations, which is going to be a problem source there. But, you know, looking at the things on the up and up there, uh, you can get it through. But again, I think, uh, in, in my opinion, these kids need a little bit more time there and a little bit more organization to do it there. And if you're going to go into winter season where you kind of rush those particular games, I do agree that is a sour part in the whole the whole, the whole smorg of, of of winter sports when it comes down to basketball, because that's the main agenda there. And if you mess that up, you're going to mess up a lot of things. I'm quite sure there's going to be some arguments on fans being in the stands and all this other stuff there. We haven't really got the rulings on that particular asset yet. There, uh, I'm quite sure there's going to be no fans for for a minute until they start letting people in there. But again this is a thing that cannot be rushed they they need to deal with this with a pair of clear kick gloves not for my sake not for money's sake but for the children's sake and the safety of all the staff members who are involved in it
1: well said butch uh, pat our guest on uh, the round table pat bennett head coach of the Sioux High blue devil girls basketball team we'll throw it to you uh, do you have any thumbs up and thumbs down for the week the floor is yours sir
12: What's the thumbs up, thumbs down I'm supposed to get on, on anybody that I thought was good or bad? A-
1: anything you saw in the world of sports or even in general uh, that over the past week or weeks that uh, you liked and some of the things you didn't
12: like? Well, I, I had two things I really liked. I-, I-, I don't know if you watch it, but I'm a golfer. Oh, yes. I love, that. I- I love the father, son, PNC, they the mother, daughter. I thought that- that's a thumbs up. That's a great little, little fun thing to watch. I thought it was outstanding watching Tiger and his kid play. I- that was a great big thumbs up for me. Uh, I another one, and I, don't, I know this is probably going to make some people mad. A big thumbs up to Northwestern for beating Michigan. No, nah,
1: I, <laughs> I knew you were going there. I knew you were going there.
12: Thumbs up. I mean, I it's I had to deal with Ohio State, I had to deal with <laughs> Alabama, Green Bay. I got to get a little something this week. And that's, and, and I had a 100-point lead going into my fantasy football. Here's a thumbs down for you. Uh-oh. I had a 100-point lead going into my fantasy football game on Sunday, and I got beat.
1: Oh, geez. Well, Pat, uh, as a Michigan State basketball fan, I like losses in December, not March true <laughs> pat Bennon joining us on the game uh special guest co-host uh pat appreciate you coming on we'll uh, certainly look forward to having you on again although i hope that you're busy on monday nights here in the next few weeks but if you're not you always have a open invitation to rejoin us on the game thanks for coming on tonight my friend all
12: right thanks for having me
1: all right that's gonna do it for that's going to do it Thank for you, the boy. first half of the round tape. We come back. We'll have the second half with Butch, myself, and EJ Russell, host of the Hot Seat, coming up next on The Game here on ESPN
0: 1400. Take the stress out of your gift list with a stocked Delete sports center. You'll find something for just about everyone. Shop the lineup of tub snowshoes, boots, base layers, outerwear, and so much more at 20% savings. Socks make the perfect stocking stuffer, and they're 20% off too. Remaining ladies' clearance clothing is an amazing 75% off. Santa's helpers are on hand, ready to help you with gifts for your favorite hunters. Shh, don't tell Rudolph. Plates is open Tuesday through Friday from 10 to 6, and Saturday from 10 to 4 on the I-75 Business Spur in Sioux, Michigan. Both Sunday and Monday. Happy holidays from everyone at Leeds.
3: Looking for a good pre-owned car, SUV, or truck to get you through the coming winter? See the great selection of used vehicles on the lot now at Sioux Motors. More than 25 SUVs and 20 or more cars and trucks are available for the huge year-end savings program. Lots of escapes priced to sell, Explorers, Edges, F-150s, and there are nine sedans on the lot. If you want new wheels this winter, see the sales staff at Sioux Motors today. Sioux Motors on 3 Mile across from Walmart in the Michigan Sioux. Hi, this is Scott from Parker Ace Hardware. At Ace, we make painting a simple pleasure. Ask one of our friendly, knowledgeable Ace associates about our Ace Royal paint a high-quality paint at a price you'll love. You'll find Ace Royal paint starting at an everyday low price of just $19.99 a gallon. It's another reason why, from a simple start to a fabulous finish, Parker Ace can help make your next painting project perfect. Parker Ace, a helpful place. Stop by Parker Ace Hardware.
4: We're looking forward to seeing you real soon. Stop by Parker Ace Hardware at 819 Ashman, downtown Sioux, Michigan.
5: The holidays are the most joyous time of the year. They're also the most expensive. But with a little help from Sioux Co-op Credit Union, you can be prepared. Talk to us about a holiday loan. Borrow from $1,000 to $5,000 for up to 12 months for as low as 4.178% APR. Our holiday loan rates are more affordable than in-store credit cards, as well as other credit cards. Apply online at SiouxCoop.com. Some restrictions do apply. Equal opportunity lender.
6: Since 1916, a lot of independent agents have recommended auto owner's insurance and a lot of parents have taken that recommendation to heart. So have a lot of their children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren. As we celebrate our first 100 years, auto owner's insurance thanks all those who have put their trust in us and all the generations who will.
7: Visit Madigan Pingator Insurance Services today on Water Street in Sioux, Michigan, or at madiganpingator.com.
0: Let's get back to the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. Let's get back to the game on ESPN 1400.
1: Welcome back to the game on ESPN 1400. Scott Nason with you as we continue the roundtable. table. I want to thank special guest on the roundtable tonight, Pat Bennon, head coach of the Suhai Girls basketball team, for joining us. Did a great job. Butch Davis continues to join us on the roundtable and joined by our co-host and all-around good guy, all the way from Escanaba, Michigan, host of The Hot Seat, which you can find, on the website, thegamesportshow.com, dot com, dot com. EJ Russell, yo, how you doing on this Monday night, sir?
13: I am doing as good as I can uh, and, and as positive as a mood as I can be. Happy to be here with you boys as always. And it's of a, a course, as always, another interesting week in sports. I know you guys already talked a little bit of college football, uh, NFL's going on, there's lots going on, NBA's picking up, so. Uh, Excited to get into it as always, boys.
1: Well, EJ, I'm going to give you first topic. Uh, Butch and I covered it with Pat a bit in the first segment. Uh, NFL, we talked about some of the favorites, and, you know, uh, Pat brought up uh, who we think are are going to be the teams that get there in the end. But I'm just going to give you overall NFL week 16, uh, some of the things that you saw, some of the highlights. uh, Your Cleveland Browns bounce back 10 and 4. Still not officially, I think, in the playoffs, but certainly on their way. Uh, Just overall thoughts on week 16.
13: Well, there is a scenario where the Browns can clinch this week. Of course, it's week 15, week 16, or excuse me, week 16. Um, so, yeah, there's always scenarios for every team. But uh, I know you guys got into a little bit of who's going to sit where, but I just want to ask you, there's a big hole, big plug in the AFC. Cincinnati, Cleveland, and Indy are all 10-4. and four. Cleveland, uh, I don't know why they're below Tennessee, because it, I know they beat both the Colts and the Titans. I feel like they should. Um, have the tiebreaker there to be the four, or, Oh, excuse me, Tennessee Titans, their division winner. Okay, so sorry. Uh, my brain's correcting me here. But um, out of those four, uh, three teams, the Titans, the Browns, and the Colts, who's the best out of those three, and who's going to make the deepest run in the AFC? Butch, will go to
11: you first. Yeah. Well, that's a wicked one here. Hmm. Little Tennessee, ups, uh, the Lions should have the beat them network. yesterday if they, had their, if they had their minds right and didn't make mistakes. They should have been a closer game. Indianapolis, I've seen them very little, but what little I've seen, I'm very impressed with them. And what's the other team you named, EJ? Titans, Browns, and
6: Colts.
11: <laughs> uh, I would say the Browns would definitely be in there. They, uh, as you picked the right three right now, it would be the Browns. Now, the Browns' problem will be personally there. What personality comes to the field when uh, this all jumps off there? But I'm quite sure, in looking at all this right now, the Browns has a very good chance of making the playoffs. So I would pick the Browns
1: that's a very good question EJ and a tough one because I think there's cases to be made for each team I guess the one I would leave out first and, and it's a team that I've just been doubting all year long and yet here they are tenant four it's in it, the Colts exactly I mean they're certainly finding their running game uh you know the defense is good maybe not great but good and and you're seeing you know Philip Rivers uh, you know T.Y. Hilton's back in the mix we haven't talked about him much and you know that all being said I I think they are third on my list and Tennessee and Cleveland. I got to go to the tiebreaker, which is head to head and Cleveland won that game. And I think where the difference is in that, I mean, they both have outstanding rushing games. I think maybe Tannehill is a little, better than Baker Mayfield, but not much. I think it's the defense that swings me towards the Browns. I mean, obviously they played the Giants and Colt McCoy, but they only gave up three points and Cleveland's defense won me my fantasy football semifinal. Thank you very much. So out of those three teams, I think Tennessee's defense, you know, the the Lions, you know, Butch said it, I mean, you throw out the mistakes and they were there, and they they got a lot of yards against Tennessee so of those three teams e j it's a great question. I'm going with your beloved Cleveland Browns
13: I might be the only person here that doesn't like my Browns is the best of these three teams you know Tennessee's got a big matchup going into Green Bay this week uh Indy is squaring off against the Steelers the so Brown got a cupcake matchup against the Jets, I believe it is so that should be an easy win for a team that finally found a way to get into the win column, although finding a way to also uh, jet their season away and lose an opportunity to travel to uh probably. What are you just, doing, Jets? Like I no, Here's the thing. like you, you play to win the game. It restore, and, I, and one of the announcers said this is a quote, and it absolutely did. This is holds true. It restores my faith in football and the fact that the guys want to win when they're on the field. Absolutely. Because. And that's what's most important. The, the Jets found a way to win a football game. You know, Tennessee's got a real tough matchup against Green Bay. Indy versus Pittsburgh is what's really going to tell me, because I think Green finds a way to beat uh, Tennessee this week. Uh, I think Aaron Rodgers is having an incredible borderline MVP season. Um, I, I think that if Phillip Rivers and that team can find a way to put it together defensively and beat the Steelers, I think that that might propel them up a spot, but I I still think that the Browns are a better team than the Colts. I watched them in Cleveland personally. I was at the game, uh, watched the Browns beat the Colts. Um, I, I watched most of that Tennessee game, uh, and, and the Browns dominated there as well. Uh, and it got a little weak in the second half, but I, I the game this week against the Giants was a little concerning. I felt like they were running the ball a little too easily against our defensive line, um, and Sheldon Richardson did go down with injury. But uh, I, I do want to give the Browns. Rookie, uh, what's his name? Number fifty four. I can't remember his name right now, but stepped in the lineup, third string lineman, uh came in for Hubbard, who's who number seventy four for the Browns, who's been a plug and play guy at pretty much any spot in the offensive line. Uh he, he was filling in for JC Treder and and then he's and then this kid's coming in, but he is I've I got to look his name up, but he deserves a lot of credit this week. I, I don't think that if the Browns face the Titans though, in the playoffs, that they get the same kind of success that they do in the last game, but Baker Mayfield has been playing incredible, um, efficiency wise as of late. He very, very minimal missed passes last game. What do you miss? Uh, five passes total in the game. I yeah. Baker's done a great job. He's starting to look like, and I'm not saying that he is starting to look like a potential top 10 quarterback in this league. I mean, if you throw 27, uh, 24, 25 touchdowns and only have five, six picks, okay, you're good. Aaron Rodgers has what? 40, 30, 40 touchdowns and three picks. Anytime you're a single digits in the interceptions column, you're establishing yourself as a true starter in this league. And I think that the Browns are better than the Colts, but I don't know that if Derrick Henry uh, stiff arms guys like he did that Detroit Lions player when he threw him back to the city at Detroit uh, over the weekend. Oh, my God, I killed the guy. But if Derrick Henry can run the football like that against the Browns, which I think he would do in a second game, uh, that's a scary matchup for me in the playoffs. I think the Browns a better overall team but I don't think that the Browns defense with a guy like Sheldon Richardson going down and our linebacking core being a little bit weak I don't know that we beat the Titans in a rematch
4: Butch Davis
1: will go to you next for a topic Uh, I'll take first crack and then EJ so uh, what's on your mind tonight Butch in the world of sports
11: Uh, not a doggone thing here (laughs) Uh, wow I'm trying to pick a legit subject here and I don't have one, so I'll just pick on someone. Um, if you didn't know boys and girls, TJ Hawkinson, Frank Ragnall, and Jack Fox are in the Pro Bowl there. Uh, do you think any other lines are deserving to be in the Pro Bowl? I must be really doofy right now here. <laughs> Well,
1: I will say that Hawkinson and Fox certainly deserve to be in the Pro Bowl. I mean, Hawkinson, I think, has been the biggest uh, quiet surprise for the Detroit Lions. I mean, he's putting up some big numbers. I think he's, you know, just behind uh, the Travis Kelseys as far as that. And, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him last year, and, and it didn't quite perform. But I think he's fitting in pretty nicely with that offense. And with Fox, I mean, obviously, that's been the biggest highlight for the Detroit Lions is... Is, is their punter, and I think he's still number one in the league, although it didn't help their special teams coach who got fired today and kicked out of sun town by sundown, but uh, as far as other players, Butch, that deserve to be on the Pro Bowl for the Detroit Lions, none come to mind. I mean, you know, this is a team that's underachieved, and and I, ju- I just don't see cases, not seeing the entire roster who I would think, yeah, you know, you, you got to put that guy on there. Certainly wouldn't be Jeff Akuta. He is uh, the third Pick and obviously injuries have kept him out of the lineup. But when you watch games, and again as a Detroit Lions fans, and again I'm not saying anything on Stafford yesterday, but you know it's been 12 years with Stafford, and when you watch what uh, Tua's doing, Justin Herbert, and now Jalen Hurts, you just think, please draft a quarterback for crying out loud! It's time. EJ Russell, your thoughts?
13: Uh, TJ Hawkinson
1: is the Statistically, at least fantasy football-wise,
13: is the fourth-best tight end in football this, this year. Absolutely, he, he deserves to be in the pro Bowl in my opinion. This is also a year where the tight end position is underperformed outside of a guy like Travis Kelsey. Uh, a lot of those other big names have been pretty quiet. So, I, I think that TJ Hawkinson, uh, a guy that the, the Lions decided to bring in from Iowa, ha, has been an absolute bright spot on the team this year. Uh, multiple touchdowns was it one, two, three, four, five, six, six or seven touchdowns this year, uh, multiple digit, double-digit games, which not a lot of guys are getting fantasy-wise, and I know that I'm talking just strictly fantasy here, but what fantasy football does show us is a player's individual production, and on a team that did not find ways to get uh, success as a team this year, I feel like he was a bright spot, and I do think that TJ Hawkinson deserved uh, a Pro Bowl nod here, you know, uh, there are a couple other guys that do deserve nods on other teams. Uh, but I think that out of anyone on the Lions, TJ Hawkinson is definitely deserving of a Pro Bowl book this year. Butch, great
1: topic. Your thoughts?
11: Well, Hawkinson deserves to be there. Also, Jack Fox. and he did not get in there, we know it's a sham yeah. from, the, from, the, from the word up. He has been fantastic for someone. And before we get, get off this
13: topic, I want to ask both of you guys street. a question.
11: What's the question? No, you can you can, you can
13: can finish, Bush, but I'll add it at the end. But just let me get a question in before we go. But continue on with Hawkinson
11: in Detroit. Okay. Well, basically, similar. the Lions got pretty good tight ends on their team. I can't wonder why they don't use them. But, again, uh, are they deserving? Uh, I say yes, they are. Ragnar, who have a fractured throat, probably will not play in the game if there was one. Okay, as we know right now, it's not going to be a Pro Bowl this year there. It's, that's going to be thrown out in the street. to have some kind of uh, fun little uh, games and whatnot they're going to play there, which is, you know, good and well, none of us will be watching uh, unless there's nothing else on television. You know, we'll probably watch Family Guy or something. <laughs> uh, but other than that, uh, it's just something. I don't know. We take what we can get. Go ahead
1: with your question, EJ.
13: Okay, here's my question and and this is a little bit of a stretch here, but I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about my Cleveland Browns for just a second. Um, if the right players make it into the playoffs and make deep runs, is there a way that Baker Mayfield finishes this season and ends up in the Pro Bowl? He's been very efficient
11: these last few weeks. Okay, yes, he goes to the Pro Bowl. Yeah yes, without no reservations. Yeah. Right now he's uh he's uh, he led that team when no one else was leading it there. Uh, if there were problems, he was not one of them this year. Uh, he did what he, he should have been doing when he first got there. He ignored the noise and all the other reservations and stuff there. And he's been a model citizen in Cleveland since he's now uh, got a new coach in there who's not going to take his foolishness. And he's performed very well. Yes, he deserves to be there.
1: Yeah, I mean, Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes, I would put ahead of Mayfield, but you can certainly put an argument for him. And Ben Roethlisberger might be in that argument. And Ryan Tannehill, you know, between those three, you know, Mayfield gets that team 11-5, and 12-4. Absolutely, he deserves to be in the Pro Bowl. Gentlemen, let's take our final break of the show. We come back. I have an interesting topic that I'm looking forward to bringing up all coming next on the twin sues only local regional and national sports show, the game ESPN 1400.
0: Is your furnace old? You could be dealing with a low efficiency furnace costing you hundreds of dollars a year. The experts at Albert Heating and Cooling can help you with a new high efficiency Bryant furnace on sale now till the end of February. With your new furnace, you can buy an extended 10 year labor warranty for only $99. Start saving today with a new furnace and sleep soundly knowing you have no worries. Go online at albertheating.com or stop in at 3147 South M129, just south of Three Mile Road today.
9: Bryant. Whatever it takes. Picture this. It's Monday afternoon and you're at Domino's buying a large three-topping pizza. You give the Domino's employee $7.99 plus tax, of course. Now, picture this. It's Friday and you're at Domino's buying a large three-topping pizza. You give the Domino's employee more than you paid Monday. You feel bamboozled. But then you hear this. Domino's extended its $7.99 large three-topping carryout deal to all day, every day. And so you danced and ate dominoes. Carry out only. You must ask for this limited time offer. Prices, participation, and charges may vary. For the safety and health
0: of the communities we serve and our employees, our Central Savings Bank lobbies are now open by appointment only. CSP's drive-ups are open to serve all of your banking needs. Remember, you can always use mobile banking, internet banking, our 24-7 access line, and ATMs. You can also give us a call at 906-635-6250 to transfer funds. Ask what the CSP family can do for you. Ask what we can do for you. For the safety and health of the communities we serve and our employees, our Central Savings Bank lobbies are now open by appointment only. CSP's drive-ups are open to serve all of your banking needs. Remember, you can always use mobile banking, internet banking, our 24-7 access line, and ATMs. You can also give us a call at 906-635-6250 to transfer funds. Ask what the CSP family can do for you we can do for you from the CSP family to yours merry christmas and happy new year you can catch podcasts of the game at the now let's get back to it with scott nason here on espn 1400
1: and welcome back to the game on espn 1400 scott nason with you we are continue to be joined by Butch Davis and EJ Russell on tonight's roundtable. We got time for one more topic, gentlemen, before we get to our thumbs up and thumbs down. And uh, this is an interesting one I came across last week. Uh, EJ, will go to you first. Uh, last week, the United States Supreme Court they have decided to hear a case challenging the legality of NCAA rules restricting compensation for college athletes. Legal issues aside, the policy case for abolishing these rules many people think is very strong. Uh, The Supreme Court decided to hear NCA versus Alston, a case challenging the legality of NCA rules, barring most compensation for college athletes. So the Supreme Court is going to take this up, and basically it means is it unfair or is it uh, illegal or, or would it be legal to pay or compensate these college athletes for their participation in NCAA sports? EJ, we'll go to you first. What do you think about all this?
13: I have a yes and no answer here.
1: Um,
13: yes, I do believe that they deserve some form of compensation um, in regards to the schools advertising their likeness selling those jerseys and uh, other such ways in regards to that, okay? And I'll I'll leave it more open. I do not believe that the student-athletes need to be paid um, necessarily, okay? I do not believe that they need to be paid for uh, their participation in sports while at the university, right? Their commitment to the university is indeed a contract for them saying, hey, I will take four years of education, for this service, okay? That's called a trade, right? Exchange of goods, <laughs> in, in, in a sense. Um, am I in favor of some sort of um, financial support for some of these college athletes? Yes, my dad played high-level college football. Um, he played at the University, Bowling Green State University, is in the Hall of Fame, high Ziggy Zumba, go Falcons. Uh, told guys like Woody Hayes and Bo Shambackler both, no, okay, and that's not meant to, like, pump my dad up, but he was a good football player, so yeah, I'm pumping him up a little. Um, you know, these guys fight sometimes. I-, I think they should have a couple bucks in their pocket to take their girlfriend out to get a pizza or-, or go on a dinner date because their their summer experience, as I put that in air quotes, is maybe two months. And I, I know a guy that played at the University of Virginia. His name's Steve Greer. He was a the linebacker there. Uh, went to my high school. He's got his jersey hanging up in the rafters. And if he doesn't, he should. Excuse me. Um, but Steve, I, I knew him when he was linebacking at uh Virginia playing for the Cavaliers and he played on some pretty decent teams for them. I mean, they're not a strong ACC team, but he was only at home working for maybe one or two months every summer. And that's not enough for some of these guys that don't come from well-off families to have enough money to put in their pocket to take their girlfriend out for a pizza. I do think that, they, that those guys should get a little bit of help there. Um But, uh your exchange for your play is your college education but i do think that they should be allowed and this i will be clear on i do think that college athletes should be allowed to sell their own like and uh do advertisements because universities can make money on the advertisements but the players aren't seeing any of that benefit the players are the ones putting the product on the field i'm all for players making money on advertisements uh maybe give them a small stipend from the university based on a percentage of how much your um Your sport, your particular sport brings in as far as income for the university. I think there should be a minimum and there's a calculation that I'm sure some someone's much smarter than I could come up with, but, um, the trade for education for play, I think is fair, but I I do believe that the athletes should be allowed to make money on their own likeness and and sell advertisements because anybody else over the age of 18 is considered an adult. But for some reason, if you play college football between the age of uh, uh, 18 and 23 for the most part. Uh, You can't make money on the side unless you're, you know, uh, working at Burger King.
1: Great points, EJ. Uh, Butch, your thoughts?
11: Well, once you put a name on the back of a jersey and that uh, jersey or or clothing is selling hot as a firecracker there, I think a player college deserves sports to get it. Don't
13: sell jerseys with college sports, don't sell jerseys with last names on the back. That, let, let's make that clear.
11: Well, that that, that has not been happening lately. It's they, not supposed to. But again, there are some um, NCAA Division One schools that are doing it. Who is? Let's finish, please. The, the word is not the word, but the rule is that you can't the buy, school you, is you can't not buy a allowed to put. Names on the back of the jersey, other than the likeness cannot, of the person who paid for it, and you, you put a player's name on there. Of,
13: you cannot buy official team gear if it has a player's name on. It. That is not official team gear.
11: No, that's what some schools are violating. That's the problem. In California, though, you can do that. Okay, that rule has been extended and the player gets a a remedy of that particular money and stuff there. College basketball doesn't control all of that there. And that's why they're in court in the Supreme Court right now, because college uh, basketball, football or anything, they want to. Keep the rules, as you just stated, where there's no names on the jersey. You can buy a jersey there, but no names on the jersey. If the particular person wants to put a name on the jersey, it's on them to do that. But other than that they cannot collect any any royalties from that particular sale there. And it's not happening there because, like again, California, it's legal for these players to uh, collect royalties from that likeness, and also the particulars can put names on the jerseys there. So right now, if they can get royalties from their jerseys, very good.
1: I say, Pam, uh, you know, the NCAA, I like to call them is a tightly controlled cartel. They get a, I want
13: a, I want a shot at the end. All
1: game. right, you'll get it. Let me finish my point. You know, it's something that, you know, the NCAA generates a lot and lot of money and they make a lot and lot of money, whether it's uh, a jersey, the likeness, or just the fact that so many of these athletes come from very low-income families, and 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 I I agree that you know they are getting a chance to play, um, you know, c- you know, college basketball, college football. They are getting a scholarship, but there's so much money out there that these athletes need to be compensated. I hope the court takes a good look at this, and I hope that they allow proper compensation. One of the arguments from the NCAA. As well, you know they're going to get those. Um, you know they're going to get a chance at that when they turn pro. But the majority of college athletes don't turn pro, and and that the problem. You mm-hmm. know you, you can limit you can limit scholarships. You can you can do this, you do that. But the NCAA has a ton of money, and some of that should go to the people that are making the money for the NCAA and the high salary coaches and the administrators and the boosters and everything else. Pay them. EJ, one more uh, thought before we get to our thumbs up.
13: The one thought I want to make again, uh, like let, let's take Ohio State for an, for example. Any Ohio State bird jersey I ever buy is always going to be Ohio State the number two, either in red or in white. And the reason I buy that jersey is because Malcolm Jenkins was my favorite Buckeye ever, defensive player, uh, a, a well-spoken activist, uh, defensive leader. Okay, uh, I bought that jersey, my number two jersey, the year that Terrell Pryor. Was the quarterback? So because I buy a new a number two jersey, Terrell Pryor deserves credit for that. No, 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 no. Okay, if if we're gonna sell jerseys and allow players to make royalties off of it, it needs to be that player's jersey. But if you're gonna be a nonprofit organization, you can't set up a system where you profit off of the jersey of a particular player. That just seems greedy to me. I don't think that that system works. I don't think that you can involve jersey sales in it. I think that they need to remain nameless. Yes, Butch, you made a great point. Yes, you can go online and order from some Chinese company a number two jersey with JT Barrett's name on it or or, uh, Charles Woodson or whatever it is. You can order that jersey if you want to, but there's no officially licensed NCAA gear with a player's name on the back, and it should continue to be that
11: way. No, that's not true. In California, you can do it.
13: Okay, so so who? So I, I'm going to go online right now. Can I buy a Matt Liner number seven jersey from USC with Leinart? Request team? it, Matt
12: it <laughs> so you, they'll charge
11: you. you get it. So I can,
13: but I can buy an officially licensed NCAA jersey with number seven and Matt Liner on it. No, I cannot. Okay, there are companies that will sell it, and that's my point. There are companies that correct. will sell it, but people want officially licensed gear. I buy. All of my Browns jerseys are officially licensed NFL gear. They're stitched on except for my uh, Johnny Manziel, which I've since sold because that wasn't worth spending any money on. (laughs) But uh, my Nick Chubb, my Miles Gear, my Baker Mayfield, my Jim Brown, uh, my Peyton Hillis, they're all officially licensed NFL gear. Okay? I want the official gear. Fans want official gear. And if you can't give that to them in NCAA, then the players should not be allowed to make money. If their name's not on the back of it, they can't make money on it. And if their name's on the back of it, then this is no longer amateurism, and that's my point.
11: So, again, when you go to mom and pops, uh, Joe Public, and whatnot, there, they're not looking at the official gear. They're looking at the representation. Of the particular team that they want to get represented from, they don't do. care. They don't care about because the licensed jerseys right now might cost them one hundred and two hundred dollars, where you can get a cutthroat kind of brand there for People maybe fifty dollars. They're going though. to get the fifty-dollar one and be able to get junior one too. I'll pay hundred dollars. Okay? I pocket. get mine. I get mine That's on the, the problem p- right now I there g-
1: with, minute, with
11: that particular <laughs> what you're saying there. You know.
1: I get all my merchandise on the black market. Gentlemen, we're going to have to forego our uh, thumbs up and thumbs down for the week. I want to wish you, EJ. Them no, them we, we, we got to go. EJ and Bush, okay. a very happy holiday and Merry Christmas. Uh, gentlemen, we won't be having a snow, show next Monday, but we'll be back in 2021. So you guys have a great holiday season. We'll talk to you in two weeks.
11: And you as well.
1: Thank you, Butch. Thank you, EJ. And thank all our guests tonight for joining us on the game. Don't forget, you can find the podcast of this show in about a half hour on the website, com. That's going to do it for tonight's edition of the game. We'll talk to you in 2021 for our next edition here on ESPN 1400. Thumbs up, Leon. See ya.
0: Thanks for listening to The Game here on ESPN 1400, WKNW, Sault Ste. Marie's Sports Leader. Check us out next Monday at 6 for the Twin Sioux's only local, regional, and national sports show. You can hear the podcast of the show and other broadcasts at thegamesportshow.com.